Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 17th, 2012. Newcomers, as always, make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. There's lots of free audios for download, and you can also see in the site there a bunch of other sites listed. These are all my official sites. They all carry transcripts as well for prints up in English of a lot of the talks I've given. And if you go into Alan Watts Sentinel, Sentinel.eu, you'll get transcripts in other languages. Remember, two, you are the audience that bring me to you. I don't uh, get paid by advertisers and uh, I don't sell products from advertisers or have shares in companies and so on. All I do is have the, the discs and books at cuttingthroughthemedias.com, which helps me just take over, and that's basically what I do. But uh, And eventually, too, when it's time to stop ticking, I'll do so when it's, it's time, because of things are really changing in the whole so-called, so-called alternative news industry. But in the meantime, I'll keep going with uh, just plugging the facts out to you. And what I give out, too, you can always check them up for yourselves and make your own opinions up. But I don't uh, speculate on things uh, because we live in uh, really a society where if you know where to look, the data is all there, especially in universities and uh, books put up by the big boys who run the big world system as a plan, as a plan system. Any big corporation understand plans 50 to 100 years ahead, literally with its takeovers, mergers, and investments, etc. And government works the same way, because it's run by the same people, you understand. And I've gone through the histories of it before. So help yourself to the, to say, cuttingthroughthemates.com website, and help, you can help me out too. So if you want to buy the books and discs or donate, you can go into the sites. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office or you can send cash or use PayPal across the World Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. Member straight donations are awfully welcome. And we go through this big business plan, as I say, that was set up a long time ago by the big international banking boys that were based in London. And they, they had a few groups at the time, and they merged together in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and became the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Uh, this is a private group, even though this has got a very official sounding title. They were given a charter by the Queen or the King at that time to, to actually exist and they're still on the go today. Their other counterpart, their other branches I should say across the world are generally called the Council on Foreign Relations because uh, it sounds bad for people in America, for instance, to have a, a crown at the head of it all, royal. So they, they, they simply call it the Council on Foreign Relations. Canada, they've changed their name again because it became well-known what they're up to, but they're all the same groups across the entire planet, and their own historian, Carl Quigley. There's a private historian for their own version of history, since they make history. You see, they, they plan the future. They don't play politics, although they own the politicians. Every president and prime minister is a member of them in all countries. But so they, they, they simply plan the agenda. They don't play politics. Politics is just a show for the public. And, uh, and we go on with the same agenda regardless of who appears to be in. 
has been going on for an awful long time. They definitely know where they're going. And it's a complete social change. All the changes that you get in society are planned by them. They have thousands of think tanks working across the world on every aspect of society and how to create us and make us think in the proper way for the future that they're designing for us. So we'll fit right into it. Right down to training your children to go through all the, the magnetic pickup instruments and so on at schools and um, metal detection uh, being searched, etc. Make some good citizens for the future they're growing up into. And, of course, it's wonderful to have terrorism, this, this blind, strange term, terrorism, when there's no real target. You're all potential terrorists. They've already told us that, in fact. Anybody can, can become a terrorist at any time. It just happens. Just voila. You know, it's like a religious conversion. And... Of course, this is to go on forever as they bring in their totalitarian system and run the world properly, you see. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix. And folk don't realize that, that, that in each generation they're trained by the system. I've done very, quite a few article, articles on uh, the schooling system and uh, the society uh, that's behind it as they change generation from generation in a plan. So believe you me, it's not just all the left-wingers in the school system that are doing what they want. They're, they're authorized to do what, the, what the, the, the agenda is telling them to do. Because everyone at the top takes, uh, you know, they all take their orders from the top, I should say. And it's the same like bureaucrats too. Bureaucrats really are headless unless they have a head there. And if the head says one thing or the other, believe me, they jump from one way to the other without whether a problem. And, uh, you know, black is white and white is black as soon as they're told, given a new agenda to, to follow. And it's quite sane to them and no one else. However, it says America's schools breeding grounds for compliant citizens. And it says public school reform is now justified in the dehumanizing language of national security, which increasingly legitimizes the transformation of schools into adjuncts of the surveillance and police state. Students are increasingly subjected to disciplinary apparatuses, which limit their capacity for critical thinking, mold them into consumers, test them into submission, strip them of any sense of social responsibility, and convince large members of poor minority students that they're better off under the jurisdiction of the criminal justice system uh, than being, uh, by being valued members of the public schools. And it was by Professor Henry Giroux. It says, for those hoping to better understand how and why we arrived at this dismal point in the nation's history, where individual freedoms, privacy, and human dignity have been sacrificed to the gods of security, expediency, and caprocracy, look no further than America's public schools. Once looked to as a starting place for imparting principles of freedom and democracy to future generations, America's classrooms are becoming little more than breeding grounds for compliant citizens. And that's across the world now. Because, you see, and it isn't going to here, but it all comes from the United Nations. They set out the agendas now under the UNESCO and, and, and so on, and the rest of them fill in their treaties and sign them, and they're all on board on the same agenda. Anyway, it says, the moment young people walk into school, they increasingly find themselves under constant surveillance. They're photographed, fingerprinted, scanned, x-rayed, sniffed, and snooped on between metal detectors at the entrances, drug-sniffing dogs in the hallways, and surveillance cameras in the classrooms and elsewhere. Many of America's schools look more like prisons than learning facilities. 
And then it goes on to say, add to this the epidemic of arresting school children and treating them as if they're dangerous criminals, and you have the makings of a perfect citizenry for an emerging police state. It's not emerging, it's here. It's been here for a while. So it's one that can uh, be easily cowed, controlled, and directed. Now comes the latest development in the safe, uh, the sad deconstruction of the schools called smart identification cards containing radio frequency identification tags that allows school officials to track every step students take. So small that they're barely detectable to the human eye, RFID tags produce a radio signal by which the wearer's precise movements can be constantly monitored. A pilot program using these RFID cards has been deployed at two schools in San Antonio, Texas's Northside School District. In the so-called name of school safety, some 4,200 students at Jay High School and Jones Middle School are being required to carry these smart ID cards embedded with an RFID tracking chip, which will actively broadcast a signal at all times. Although the schools already boast 290 surveillance cameras, the, the cars will make it, imp- it possible for school officials to track students' where, whereabouts all the time. By the way, they're all doing that already because we've, we've gone through the articles before where they have the programs and the computers and uh, the, the laptops which they take home with them and they're tracked with that too, including what they're doing on the computer. And uh, there's no great outcry about that as folk comply. So school officials hope to expand the program to the district's 112 schools with a student population of 100,000. As always, there's a money incentive hidden within these programs. In this case, it's increased state funding for the school system. Although implementation of the system will cost $500,000, school administrators are hoping that if the school district is able to increase attendance by tracking the students' whereabouts, they'll be rewarded with up to $1.7 million from the state government. So it's all from on high on these agendas as you well know, in a fascist system. That's big business and government working together, you see. High school sophomore uh, Andrea Hernandez, who's actively boycotting the RFID cards, was told that there will be consequences for refusing to wear an ID card. If they refuse to take part in an ID program, they won't be able to access essential services like the cafeteria and library, nor will they be able to purchase tickets to extracurricular activities. Hernandez was prevented from voting for homecoming king and queen after school officials refused to verify her identity using her old ID card. According to Hernandez, teachers are even requiring students to wear the IDs when they want to use the bathroom. School officials reportedly have offered to quietly remove the tracking chip from Andrea's card if the sophomore would agree to wear the new ID, stop criticizing the program, and publicly support the initiative. Hernandez refused the offer. It says this is not the first time that schools have sprung RFID chips on unsuspecting students and their parents. Schools in California and Connecticut have tried similar systems, and Houston, Texas began using RFID chips to track students as early as 2004. With the RFID business becoming a variety of companies, including IAM, that's AIM Truancy Solutions, ID Card Group, and Data Card Market and Sell RFID Trackers to school districts throughout the country, claiming that they can increase security and attendance. For example, AIM Truancy Solutions, a Dallas-based company, claims that its tracking systems boost attendance by 12%. Well, they can always claim whatever they want, like any other ad, isn't it? RFID tags are not the only surveillance tools being used in Americans, young people. Um, chronically absent-minded uh, middle, should say absent middle schoolers in Anaheim, California, have been enrolled in GPS tracking program. As journalist David Rosen explains, he says, each school day the delinquent students get an automated wake-up phone call reminding them that they need to get to school on time. They're doing that in Britain with people who are uh, applying for jobs and so on. They get wake-up calls from the uh, government agencies. 
In addition, five times a day they're required to enter a code that tracks their locations as they leave for school, when they arrive at school at lunchtime, when they leave school and at 8pm. The students are also assigned an adult coach who calls them at least three times a week to see how they're doing and help them find effective ways to make sure they get to school. Some schools in New York, New Jersey and Missouri are tracking obese and overweight students with wristwatches that record their heart rate, movement and sleeping habits. Now you understand this is all for everyone in the, in, in the country and the world eventually because it's the same system everywhere because uh, they're training them for being adults and, and it's not going to stop when they leave school. It's training them that that's the, the system they're going into as adults. You understand? It says schools in San Antonio have the chips in their lunch food trays, which allow administrators to track the eating habits of students and see what you're eating. Is it, is it healthy, etc., etc. Schools in Michigan's second largest school district broadcast student activity caught by CCTV cameras on the walls of the hallways in real time to let students know they're being watched. See, this is all training them. Some school districts have even gone so far as to electronically track students without notifying their parents. In 2010, it was revealed that a Pennsylvania school district had given student laptops installed with software that allowed school administrators to track their behavior at home. You could actually photograph what they're up to even in their bedrooms. That was from an article I read a couple of years ago. This revelation led to the threat of a class action lawsuit, which resulted in the school district settling with the rate students and parents for $600,000. Similarly, in 2003, a Tennessee middle school placed cameras in the school's locker rooms, capturing images of children changing before basketball practice. That's for the pedos that run the system. You see, they're on to this stuff. Thankfully, the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals struck down the practice in 2008 ruling that students have an expectation of privacy in locker rooms. Clearly, there is something more sinister afoot than merely tracking which students are using the bathroom and which ones are on lunch break. Concerned parent Judy Messer understands what's at stake. She says, we don't want our children to be conditioned that tracking is normal for even acceptable or mandatory, she, 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 she shared. Conditioned is the key word for it, as Richard Hackman and Greg Oldham recognized in their book, Work Redesign, it's called. Laboratory animals, children and institutionalized adults are necessarily dependent on powerful others for many of the things they most want and need, and their behavior usually can be shaped with relative ease. Taking these ideas one step further, psychologist Bruce Levine noted behaviorism and consumerism, two ideologies which achieved tremendous power in the 20th century, are cut from the same cloth. The shopper, the student, the worker, and the voter are all seen by consumerism and behaviorism the same way, passive, conditionable objects. So I'll put this uh, article and the link up at cuttingthroughthemages.com towards the end of the broadcast. But it's only one of many, as I say, and uh, there's many articles out there on this. But it's, it's, it is definitely the training for the future Society that's not far off as they grow up, remember, they'll be in it. And that's to be for everyone as we're all under the camera and being. And remember too that there's a great, a lot of blackmail involved. It's really blackmail in a sense. If you don't accept certain things throughout your adult life, you won't be able to get certain things back, like your pensions and things like that. That's really where they're going with this. And so, um, they give you offers you can't refuse. That's the system you're in that you think is some kind of Republican democracy. Uh, and it's just amazing how folk will go along and, and still wave the flag and it still doesn't penetrate them what kind of system they're now in. You wave the same flag forever and go through ten different types of system without even recognizing it. People don't realize that. Quite amazing. Now, also in the system, 
Innocent fascism and communism are basically the same thing, as far as I'm concerned. When you look at them, they both want dumb, compliant citizens, a very obedient and kind of frightened citizens too at certain times. And the idea is to level the playing ground for the, the masses, you see, level the playing ground uh, by using terms like equity and fairness, etc. And what you do is you destroy everyone else's chances of uh, getting ahead in a system and uh, you flatten the whole darn thing until things are pretty stagnant, as we found out with the Soviet Union, for instance. This is President of France, this new president I've got now, wants to ban homework because it's not fair to the disadvantaged. And uh, it says um, the French president is pushing homework ban as part of educational reforms. And the reason for the homework ban, it says, Francois, uh, Holland doesn't think it's fair that some children get homework help from their parents while children who come from disadvantaged families don't. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about the system, and it's just, it's all big one agenda, because everything, doesn't matter what party is in office, they all sign these ongoing treaties from the, the branches within or under the United Nations, and uh, they do sign them quite willingly, doesn't matter what parties they say, like, like the, the, their summit in Rio and all the rest of them that they sign up, they affect all of us, the Agenda 21, etc., etc., but it says here that uh, Francois Holland of France, uh, uh, wanting to basically ban homework, it says the other alternative is he wants to hire more teachers without saying where the money will come from, which is obviously the taxpayer. But he also wants to increase the length of the school week from four days to four and a half days. Note the school days in France start at 8.30 and end at 4.30 p.m. It's amazing because in Britain, uh, when I was going through my indoctrination, the, it was very regimented, believe you me, very regimented. And you, you started at nine and you finished at four and you'd have a stack of homework five nights a week coming from them. And, uh, but then it's amazing now how it's changed that the children often, especially in the US and Canada, are seldom at school, it seems, they've got all these free times off and there's homework study time and they go home and do all their homework during the day. It's quite astonishing. Anyway, it says, um, if you're looking for further proof that Holland was a socialist nutcase, you have it. Rather than focusing on the problem, such as parents not spending enough time with their children, Holland wants governments to address the system, which in the mind of any socialist means more government intervention and spending to make sure nothing is unfair. And then it lists a whole bunch of other things that they claim are unfair. But the thing is, this is a technique that's used, as I say, to, to flatten everybody into the same system. Understand, it doesn't matter what system it is. If it's not socialist, then it's fascist. It just, it just, they're just terms really interchangeable because you use the same techniques. In the fascist system, the, the, you get more indoctrination into the country and the reason that you're a good citizen and try, they try to make you proud of being a good citizen. And they give you fake histories and fake wars and, and all these names of generals and things and to try to make you proud to serve the system. And that's what, what education's always been for. If you study the, the course and the histories of education, how it all started. And you can read some of the top orators, even in the U.S., who came out with it, uh, about the, the purpose of the education system was to create the perfect citizen who would obey the rules and, uh, of, of government. And, of course, the rules keep changing all the time, and there's always more and more rules. So that's the purpose of it, really. 
Now, the UK ambassador to Chile apologizes for Falkland's tweet. It says, this little guy, I don't know how he got this job, this fellow, but it's in the Jewish Chronicle. And it says, I don't know if it's in any other paper, but it says, Britain's ambassador to Chile, John Benjamin, has apologized for a tweet which suggested Argentinians lost the Falklands War against Britain because they're cowards. And so it's caused a bit of an uproar in Argentina. And it says his post written in Spanish referred to a lewd football chant sung by Chilean fans when their teams play Argentina. The chant translates as Argentines gaze, uh, they took the Falklands off you because you're cowards. Mr. Benjamin said that the tweet had been intended as a private message to a friend and the message alluded to a song saying which islands did they take off you and for being what. So, I mean, this guy shouldn't even be uh, the ambassador to Chile for Britain. Uh, but you must have friends in high places to get it. What you're eating today is not food. I've said that so many times in the past. You're not eating food. You're eating junk. Uh, and most of it is, is byproducts from the chemical industry. Waste products, in fact, just like your toothpaste with its fluoride as well. Fluoride, remember, uh, it was pushed out by guys who had aluminum factories. And they had to scrape their big, big chimneys every so often because you had the fluoride uh, oxide and so on building up inside the chimneys. They had to scrape it off. And then it was a classified as a deadly poison. And then they had to they used the mafia, actually. It was in the papers, even in Canada, for years to transport down to places like Chicago. And they'd find ways to dump it out down in the States. And then they came up with Alcan. Alcan was run by the Broughtons at the time. And they decided to con the public because they have a low opinion of the general population. It's part of their tradition and, and indoctrination. And say, well, let's make it a healthy thing and make the public buy it. So they put in toothpaste. That's a good example, as you say. But you've got all the other stuff too. You've got all the other boys doing the same kind of things with all, with your, look at your food, for goodness sake. Look at the list of poisons on it and chemicals that you take for granted now because you've eaten them all your lives. But it's, here's craft, craft factory. The stuff that, you know, like that thing they call cheese, you know, that strange plastic looking stuff. But it says craft factory chemical accident leads to deadly poison cloud, right? And, um, it says it's not, it's not just, uh, the fire authorities that are worried, however. The nitrous gases from the reaction are highly toxic to the human body. When the firefighters attempted to pump the nitric acid from the contaminated tank, some, somebody poured two different <laughs> chemicals together by mistake, which they're using uh, in their tanks for cleaning and all that, and you're eating it too. That's when they poured nitric acid into a tank of sodium hydroxide, and then 250 factory employees fled, and 700 firefighters arrived in the scene to combat the blaze that broke out. Uh, it's about 1,800 people have been evacuated from the area. 1,800 people evacuated from a food plant. Right. And authorities have closed all nearby schools and kindergartens as well as a passing highway. But it says, the witnesses compared the scene to something out of a disaster movie. Regional firefighters struggled with the fire but called when specialists went from Hamburg when the situation worsened on Tuesday morning. Regional Fire Brigade spokesman Stephen Meyer said, we have to swap in the specialists every 20 minutes because it's so toxic. And then we also need new protective suits and they are running short. Ah. <laughs> People are eating the stuff that comes out there. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and reading about the stuff you're eating and you take for granted because you're brought up on this rubbish. This is a Cornet Craft Foods spokesperson, Hike Furkin, or Hurkin, and says the facility uses nitric acid and sodium hydroxide as cleaning agents. And that, that goes into their, all the stuff that makes everything in the swan that you're eating. It also produces cream, cheese, ketchup and mayonnaise, all the stuff that got that long list of chemicals in it, and, and flavor enhancers, which are more chemicals and so on. So if you like to steer clear of GMOs too, it might be, it might help to avoid craft foods as much as possible. Even some of your favorite organic companies like Back to Nature are under Kraft's thumb. Craft foods have even put forth over $500,000 against Proposition 37. I've got a link here for that too, uh, which would require labeling of genetically modified foods. And uh, there's a lot of these big companies that are all, they're all putting massive amounts of money in to stop, to lobby, of course, government not to, to label their foods, what they call foods. Because they don't eat it themselves. I've read the articles before, even Monsanto's staff don't eat the food that they make. That was from the official inquiry into Monsanto. All the people working at one of their biggest plants brought in um, the catering company to, to feed them organic, which is like normal. Normal is now called organic. Normal food only. And uh, they won't eat their own stuff. What does that tell you? And into this wonderful, again, fascist system, if you want to call it fascist, to me, uniforms are uniforms, it doesn't matter at all. What they want to call the system, it's all the same system, run by the same people, actually. And that's how they started off, by the same people. Big bankers funded them both. Anyway, it says, uh, Colin Farmer, this guy in Britain, is a blind guy with a, with a white walking stick. He's a stroke victim. He's had strokes, I think, two or three times before. He was tasered in the back with 50,000 volts after a, a stupid cop. They call them cops, bungling cops. I mean, they're morons. But they're, what they hire today are these. These are the guys that eat all this GM food and, and all their, their sugars. Look at them. Uh, this bungling cop uh, mistakes white stick for a samurai sword. This guy should have his eyes tested too. Either that or the, maybe he should do a speed test to see how long it takes the light to come from his eyes to the little part, the little tiny part in his tiny little brain where it actually tries to recognize what it is. But it says the grandfather thought he was being attacked by muggers when he was hit in the back by the 50,000 volt stun device. And uh, they thought it was a samurai sword. So he was tasered, thrown to the ground, and then handcuffed by a police officer who mistook his white stick for a samurai sword. Oh, God almighty, how can you do that? And it says that the grandfather revealed how the officer wrenched his arm, spinning his back to handcuff him while he screamed, I'm blind, I'm blind, I'm blind. I think the guy who arrested them was blind. And to say they're moronic. These guys today are moronic. They've been brought up in video games of violence, violence, and the winners in all these games and all the movies that you watch and the sci-fi's are the guys in the big uniforms with the big clubs and the big guns, and they'll be given power. Retired architect Colin was on his way to meet friends at a restaurant when he was spotted by police on the lookout for a man seen waving a sword around. He said, I felt this thump on the back and a huge electric shock. It's like being plugged into the mains or grabbing hold of a pylon. All the muscles, he says, turned to dust. I thought they were going to kill me. And that's just natural. They all say that because these guys will kill you, actually. I hit my head on the floor, on the ground. Then the policeman came around to say I was under arrest. 
And I kept saying I'm blind, but he knelt on me. He'd always kneel on your neck nowadays to try to break your neck. Dragged my arms around my back so tight I've had bruises since. And he says, there's no way he could uh, not have seen my stick. He says, I want this officer sacked, charged, and locked up because there's no excuse for whatever, uh, for whatsoever for attacking a registered blind and disabled retired man without warning and with such a potentially lethal weapon. Well, see, you understand, they don't like people who are kind of unfit in this society. That's part of their big agenda. I've read the articles when they've gone into buses and just started tasering over and over again guys who've been in, uh, in comas from diabetes. There's a lot of these stories. I've read them all in the air here. It doesn't stop anything, you understand. A policeman uh, demonstrates, when well, it's usually demonstrating their wonderful new 50,000-volt uh, gun. And uh, the Independence Police Commit Complaints Commission, it's all <laughs> it's made up of retired policemen. They're all masons anyway. They all know each other. Confirmed it is to investigate after Lancashire Police apologize for the incident. Oh, we're really sorry. We almost killed you. <laughs> Last Friday evening, we received a number of reports that a man was walking through the town armed with a samurai sword. One officer believed he had located the offender, despite asking the man to stop. He failed to do so, and the officer discharged his taser, because these guys talk like someone who would mug you. They yell and curse, and they swear. They've got all these... Everything's the F word from them, by the way, these days. If you don't know that, there's a whole bunch of links up there from Britain, by the BBC, Thames, and all the other stations here, on police nights, and they, and they go around with the police, and you'll hear them just cursing and swearing at the people. Like, like the fascists they are. So then it came apparent that this man was not the person we were looking for. Oh, they got him down the ground, tasered him, and he's used his white stick. And officers attended to him straight away. And uh, the, you know, the cops regret what's happened, you know. And we've clearly put the man through a traumatic experience, and they're sorry and all that stuff. He was taken to hospital, as I say, uh, where he was treated, and then he was discharged. Explaining why he had not stopped, Colin of Chorley, Lancashire, said at the time he feared the police were actually muggers. You can't tell the difference to see the curse you swear at you. Obviously, I'm the perfect target, and I carried on walking in the hope I would get away. And that's what anybody would do. You wouldn't turn around and look at them. The worst thing you can do if someone's going to attack you is look them in the eye. They'll just, you know, that's what muggers do. He says, this taser could have killed me, and if something happens to me as a result of the shock I got, I hope the officer will be done for manslaughter. And nothing will happen, though. They'll get off with it. Because they're training the public. This is a new normal, you see. Just obey, 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 obey. You're over Fuhrer. That's it. And that's how it goes. And another article, too. It says, Britain renews allegiance to the Israeli regime out of Iranian fear, it says here. And Cameron told Zionist masters, it's all pro-Israel in the big lobbies in Britain, that is, the coalition government's support to Israel was non-negotiable. The Prime Minister's allegiance to Israel has precedence. So he goes through the usual stuff. And there's actually, uh, I've put up the link before, a Channel 4, it's a BBC 4, I think it is, documentary entitled Inside Britain's Israel Lobby. And it revealed that at least half of the shadow cabinet are members of the Conservative Friends of Israel, a pro-Israel lobbyist group in Britain. And you should hear these MPs that all ran uh, for government and they all got visits. If they didn't uh, go for pro-Israel, they got visits from, because the Zionist lobbies are a bunch of hard guys like mafia that come around and really put you through it and get better threatening and so on. And that, they actually hear the MPs talking about this. Uh, so I should have a hunt for that. If I can find it myself again, I'll put it up tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And it's true enough, you cannot have a country when you've got a foreign country dictating to you what to do. 
That goes for the U.S. as well. Also tonight, too, I'll put up a demonstration by rabbis in the States who masses of them, who were outside the White House, uh, demanding, really, that um, the U.S. stop uh, all their, their, their pro-Israel stuff because these guys have separated themselves from the Zionist cause. Hundreds and hundreds of rabbis are against what, what this... The Zionists have got their own agenda, you understand, in Israel. You go through the history of how it was started up. Who started it up? Where they all came from? Lots of them were Soviet Russians. Who left Russia saying it wasn't Soviet enough. It wasn't communist enough. And Marxist enough. You understand these things. So I'll put it up tonight too. And then it says... Uh, it's more, of course, uh, Europe on the brink of revolution. I've mentioned it before. And uh, many countries now are ready for literally outright, outright rebellion. And things are steeping up because the big banks, of course, as they go through the old agenda that Carl Quigley outlined, where he said the central banks will build up their power, they'll be the big clout to force countries along into this new economic system where you amalgamate the countries first and you destroy the countries and until you have just Europe left and you're a European citizen. He says the banks are the technique to do it. And, of course, that's why they're having all the, the, this, um, the bailouts, which are played out to go this way. And then every country borrows money from the, the central banks and the bankers. These are private banks, remember, uh, to, to help bail out the other countries. And as they do that, they're getting in the hole as well because they're borrowing money to throw into the black hole of Greece and, and Italy or Spain or Portugal uh, on an ongoing, ongoing, ongoing until they have to amalgamate to, to, to help them uh, manage to get out the mess they're in, which is a, what they end up with is a, a totalitarian system with the European Parliament running the whole show completely in the end of sovereign government. And Quigley went through, all through that. He was the historian for the Council on Foreign Relations and the Royal Institute for International Affairs who set up this agenda. You have to read his books that, that the Anglo-American establishment is excellent. He was their own inside historian for, because they have their own version of history since they helped make it, you see. And also, this article here to do with uh, Australia, because they've got their Fabian Socialist in there. Remember, that's a branch of their RIIA as well, to manage the left-wing aspect of it all. And they, they was set up by the Astor family and the funds from them and other big uh, uh, guys that funded other foundations to bring in what appeared to be the left side, but it's really the socialist changes to bring it all together, that the left and the work and the right are, are it's a dialectic. They both meet on the same path and the left shapes society into a defunct, degenerate society that has no normals at all. We have no normals, you're dysfunctional, you have your chaos in, in your country, and the fascists take over and manage the chaos. And then you're, you're, they are the boss. That's how it works. So Australia's poor, poorest are going without food, sometimes for up to 24 hours. And it says the organization has launched a report based on a national survey of families receiving its emergency support. It says uh, up to 45,000 Australian households cannot always afford food. Uh, because the, the Fabians are taking really in power now, and they're really pushing Australia into amalgamate, 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 because a branch of the RIIA, Royal Institute for International Affairs, uh, set up uh, the Pacific Rim Association a long time ago as part of the, one of the branches to amalgamate China, New Zealand, Australia, and all these countries under the power of China, which they also rule, by the way. China is not independent. The same bankers run and own China, for those who don't know. 
So 22,000 adults are going without food for a whole day most weeks. Families are feeding uh, children pasta and cereal seven nights a week to eat out family, to eke out family budgets. Also, there's one from Britain as more and more folk who are middle class or used to be middle class are now on, on food banks, etc. Same thing's happening in the States all over the place as well. So the agenda's working well. Another thing to do is, is, it's just astonishing when something is said that becomes fact as far as, the, 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 from an expert that is, uh, as far as governments are concerned. Like I say, when fluoride was pushed out with massive propaganda, Bernese style, uh, to, to brainwash everyone that was a good thing for your teeth, and then uh, the government makes the laws and you've got to have it in it, etc. Even your drinking water and in your toothpaste. And even the toothpaste has warnings that over so much of this is lethal. <laughs> you go to a poison center for treatment. So they, also, so they add it to your, your, your water and they add it to your soft drinks and everything else. See? And so you've been overdosed with it. But that doesn't matter. And it's the same thing too with x-rays. Because you understand the whole medical system in America was pushed, pushed and funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. All the doctors are really working for, for them. They've been using x-rays forever to, to treat cancer, even if it causes cancer. It's really amazing to me. But dental x-rays are linked to common brain tumor, it says. Research finds correlation between frequent dental x-rays and increased risk of developing meningioma. This is the most common primary brain tumor in the United States. Accounts for about 33% of all primary brain tumors. The most consistently identified environmental risk factor for meningioma is exposure to ionizing radiation. This is in the largest field of its kind, a study of its kind. Researchers from Brigham and Women's Hospital, Yale University School of Medicine, Duke University and Baylor College of Medicine have found a correlation between past uh, frequent dental x-rays, which are the most common source of exposure to ionizing radiation in the U.S. and increased risk of developing meningioma. These findings were published in the April 10th, 2012 issue of Cancer. By the way, uh, all these x-rays you get going through the airports and so on doesn't help either. And they know all this, of course. It depopulates society, which is part of the agenda, too, remember. So, I'll put this link up tonight as well. Now, there's, there's Connie from Ohio. Is, is she still on the line there? Are you there, Connie? Hello? Hello? Yes, you're there. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. How are you? Um, Not first bad of all, I want to say thank you so much for the book. I just got it the other day. Yes. And I was talking about, uh, when I talk about schools being like uh, prisons, um, Beyond the uniforms, my daughter just went into uh, to junior high. She had to get started wearing uniforms. Yep. The rules there are called the Matrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. that all creeped me out all too well. And when I emailed you with the book, um, I'm the one that told you about her coming home and telling you, telling me about her learning how to play prison dodgeball. Yes. <laughs> and that's what the phys ed teacher had told her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like uh, floored by that. Um, and today she came home and was telling me about how uh, a student had got arrested. So I'm all too weirded out by the thing that's going down um, in San Antonio as well with the RFDI chips. Yes. Yeah, so. That's going to be spread all over the country. Yeah. Uh, because the feds, you see, are helping fund, partly fund it, because they're getting lobbied by the guys who sell all this, this equipment. And uh, you understand that all, all the governments are, are utterly corrupt. They ha- they've always been corrupt. They were, they were more quiet about it in the past. You know, they were more careful. Not not today. Yeah, because it and, d- didn't go down with me. And I'm only 33, so... Yeah. 
and and the school uniforms is mm-hmm. that nice bright yellow or bright orange that they like to put felons in. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Yeah, well, that'll certainly train them. Uh, wear bright orange, and we, we see all all the so-called terrorists wearing these these uh, orange jumpsuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. good training. Yeah. I appreciate what you're doing, Alan. Yeah, we well, hang you so in there. And, and let's hope things change if we have the, the guts to, to, to make the issues important. Thanks for calling. Yes, I'm definitely educating my daughter. Yeah. I talk to her every day after school. You have to. Yes. That's the only chance I've got is someone who knows what's going on to tell them to get past the conditioning they get at school. Yeah. Yeah, I feel so alone, too, especially being my age. Well, that's it. All the calls I get from from people... Uh, it's because they understand what's happening, those around them don't. Because conditioning, we understand that scientific conditioning really works. It does. And those who are conditioned don't know uh, that there's anything wrong with them. They think everything is normal, even as they adapt into abnormal circumstances, like being checked and living in a police state. They don't know. Uh, but when you do know and it hasn't worked on you, then you can absolutely be very, very lonely. And you have to keep your sanity, and you do it by studying more and more. And you have to, uh, I mean, parents don't do this. Most parents don't do it. They don't talk to their children. Uh, and often they can't. They don't know how to, a lot of them now anymore. But if you can talk to them, you get the chance to pass on truth and reality and tell them, you know, that it's best not to mention these things outside the home. Yeah. Because that's a telltale sign back after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. Now it's hard for people today, as I say, to to go through the system uh, knowing what's going on when those around you are quite happy. And and they are. Uh, other ones are simply afraid of saying anything. It's politically incorrect to, to notice what's happening. And they want to blend with the, the herd. But uh, for those who, who are aware, you have to try and find someone who understands and uh, and communicates because it keeps your sanity to an extent. Some people can handle it on their own, others can't. And it's a, it's a hard thing to find out your whole reality is fake. All your conditioning has been fake for a different purpose, and even your conclusions you came to and used to believe in were fake too. Now, again, I've done many articles and, and gone through seas of Bernays, Ed Bernays, who came up with the whole system. He didn't come up with the system. He was the front man. It was put out, actually, one of the first ones openly to be put out to, to who understood how society works and how people think, how the unconscious basically uh, gives you little drives and so on, and how you tap into them and use them for advertising, make you buy things that you hadn't thought about, uh, and do other things too. He also advised many presidents, by the way, uh, uh, on how to manage the populations. And, and Bernays had a, uh, despised the ordinary people because he said they were too easy to use. So it works all the time. It's still ongoing, and people will see these things from the general television and go for this kind, this kind of article like I'm going to read right now. The, the candy company, this is Nestle, launched the We Will Find You campaign in the United Kingdom where GPS tracking devices were placed inside six candy bars. They'll think, oh, wow, I may get one. Wow, wow, you know. Once the winning candy bar wrapper is opened, the tracking device will go off, and Nestle officials will be able to find the exact location of the customer. 
It'll alert a secret control room who will scramble a crack team of highly trained individuals, the commercial states. They'll board a helicopter, find a special bar and give the owner £10,000. The six, six tracking devices were placed in Kit Kats, Aero, Chocolate and Yorkie bars in the UK. CNET reports that Nestle put up 3,000 posters to help promote the contest. According to the Adweek, Nestle believes the promotion will particularly appeal to men. So they'll all work out true. It'll be men, it'll be all these cops are awfully fat and stuff that taser you in the back when you're blind. But th- this is what's, how it works in society. Most folk will go for it. They'll think, oh, wow, that's wonderful. Isn't that a new and unique thing to do? And that you're being trained all the time through a whole host of ways that everything's going to be tracked, you see. What's the Internet of Things? Remember the articles I read before from universities that are working on this for the government? Where every, everything is going to communicate with every other thing, everything you purchase. And the governments will know, and all these agencies, exactly what you're buying, what you already do for most folk, what you're eating, uh, uh, everything basically that you're doing, where you are all times, uh, in real time. And this is all part of it, training you to accept it and think it's fun. We're the only society that will go into this, this thing thinking it's all fun as we're all behind bars. It's quite something, isn't it? Mentioned too yesterday that being straight is no longer normal. It says students at 12 New South Wales high schools have been taught it's wrong and heterosexist to regard heterosexuality as the normal for human relationships. The Proud Schools pilot program implemented in 12 government schools in Sydney and the Hunter is designed to stamp out homophobia, transphobia, and uh, heterosexism, it says. This phobia stuff is the trick they use because the boys who, who, like Theodore Adorno, came up with the idea of using terminology to shame people. Well, phobia is a fear of something. It should be just dislike of something. Dislike, like, you know, standing in a cow patty in a field, you just go, yuck, children know this. No one teaches them that. They just don't like it. Stop using their terms because they're meant to condition you and make you ashamed. Back with more, well, actually, we'll be back with more tomorrow. From Hamish himself, uh, from Canada, tonight, Ontario, Canada, is good night. May your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>